guys and welcome to the Get Alive podcast. And you're like, Bish, where'd the episodes come? Like, what you, you promised a, a marvelous episode, an episode with Koei. They're coming, guys, okay? Just leave me alone. I have so much to do, okay? Uh, in the meantime, we have an episode with Matthew Sainsbury, or Matt Sainsbury from uh, Digitally Downloaded. Hello. Mainly what we're here to talk about, I just want to give like an overview because he released a new game. I'll, I'll let you talk about it, Matt, but released a new game and it's fantastic. So we'll kind of talk about that a little bit about uh, Digitally Downloaded as well as DD, the protagonist of this game. So I'll, I'll leave it to you, Matt. Right. Okay. Um, thanks for the intro. It's all right. That's not a problem. <laughs> it's great to be here. I do like the podcast. I listen. Oh, thank you. I'm a very good boy. I listen to your podcasts. But yes, thank you for letting me jump on and chat about my, my little visual novel that I created. I guess, how can I describe it? It is, it is, it is a visual novel. <laughs> I released it on itch.io um, a couple of days ago. And yes, it's uh, it's something that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. But thanks to the um, my, my complete lack of ability with anything to do with coding, I just uh, I haven't really touched um, game creation before. But then there was a, a tool that was released uh, called Visual Novel Maker. And oh, okay. that's very drag. Yeah, it's very drag and drop, and it just it kind of takes all the coding requirements away from me. So I was able to focus just on getting all the art together and uh, actually writing the thing. And from that point, I've um, yeah, I realised I could do it, so I set about to it, and yeah, it's it's out now. So it's a it's a shortish visual novel. It's two to three hours worth of total contents if you play through kind of each time and, and read through the whole thing. Hmm. Uh, there are four four endings. Um, and there's a little bit of bonus stuff in there as well, but it was, it is my first. The plan is to kind of build from here to keep doing them. Um, if if you follow me on my Patreon, you kind of get them for free, and that was where the concept for it came from. Um, uh, it was kind of a gift back to to my patrons, um, and the plan was to do to do them fairly regularly. I haven't got exact timeframes, but you know, every couple of months to to release a new one. So. Yeah, it's uh, the, it, it's been an interesting process. It's been a long process. It's, uh, doing these game things is harder than you might expect, I think. <laughs> um, even when you're not coding them, it, it's, there's still all kinds of things that go wrong and you need to figure out how to fix them. So it's um, almost like a puzzle game in itself. One thing that I was really interested to know is that how do you have the time? Because obviously you do run the website digitally downloaded and you have your podcast going on and you have everything. So how do you have the time to kind of focus on this visual novel project? I have insomnia. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a great answer. Yeah, no, I, I actually do have insomnia, which is, it's, it's, it's not a good thing, of course. But um, mm, mm. it does mean that I have uh, an awful lot of time on my hands where I can't sleep and stuff. So I actually get a lot done in each day um, without necessarily getting as much sleep as I need to. Um, but I find that doing these kind of creative things helps. So um, it, it stimulates the mind in such a way that I can actually relax and then sleep afterwards. So I actually found that for the visual novels, it was it was best to to work on them fairly late at night after I've pretty much done everything else. So yeah, it's um, it's been I mean balancing out everything because like you said, we do have the website and the podcast and the video stuff that we do and all that stuff, balancing all of that out and the fact that I actually have to play all these bloody games um, it is a challenge but yeah, it's something you learn to work See, with, I guess <laughs> So I mean, like, I have to commend you for that because 
to be honest with you, I'm having a lot of difficulty trying to f like figure out how I'm going to make sure a podcast comes out. I don't even do my podcast weekly. It's a monthly podcast. So it's like I have to work out how am I going to get these many episodes out and editing and this and that. So I couldn't really imagine, you know, how much time and effort goes into kind of creating a visual novel, even if you are making it with, you know, the help of a, a, a visual novel creating tool, right? So tell us what kind of goes into it, because I'm very interested to know that, because obviously there is artwork, there is a voice acting in this novel as well, uh, and the story. So kind of what, what was your process? So what did you start off with first? And then do you start with the story first? Do you start with the backdrops? Do you start with you know, finding a voice for Dee Dee, like how, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, so um, like you say, I mean, it, this, this project isn't just mine, of course, there's, there's a lot of other creative talent that went into it, I didn't do the art, I can't do art at all, so that's one person that I had to, to find to, to visualise a lot of it, um, and then the voice of Dee Dee is obviously not me, you wouldn't want me to be the voice of Why not? Um, I think that would be great. cute girl. <laughs> I, I could try, but you know, maybe it, for it Halloween, be a bit embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that would be that probably be best. Me, me cosplaying as Dee. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I had the concept first, obviously, um, the the idea of what I roughly wanted to do, and I already had the voice actor because, um, like I said earlier, this is this is kind of an ongoing project, and I needed to find the voice before I started to do anything. So I, I found the voice for Dee first, uh, and she'll be returning to do. You know, every every vision novel hopefully into the distance for quite some time to come mm. um, but yeah once once I had the concept the next step was to create a rough idea of the scenes because I needed to give the artist um, briefs for all the backgrounds and all the various key scenes and all that kind of stuff so once I had that locked down it was just a matter of kind of filling it in and, and writing it um, and at that point I had the um, script which I could send to the the voice actor to record so roughly speaking it went from it went concept um engaging with the artist to create all the backgrounds and stuff uh, and then i guess finalizing the script and then sending it over to the voice actor to to record so yeah it was a good process i mean I, there was a lot of editing that went through and i had to keep going back and i had to get stuff re-recorded i had to get the, some some key arts redone when i wasn't happy with them after i'd actually written the scene and all that kind of stuff so it, it needed to be flexible, but um, yeah, it, so, it was always best to go ahead. From yeah. start to finish, I mean, how long did it take? I mean, from from initial conception to final product that was released, like how long did that take? Six months, a year, two years, like? Well, not that quite that long, um, because yes, once again, uh, you know, my goal is to, to get these out fairly quickly, so the patrons get something fairly often to play. Mm. So. Uh, I, I do need to work fairly rapidly on these things. Uh, luckily, I'm a pretty fast writer uh, when, it, when I need to, to get down and get things done. My Steam library thing says that I've been playing, playing this um, visual novel maker for about 250 hours. And then that doesn't obviously include the time that I've spent engaging with the artists and writing the script and, and you know, storyboarding it out and all that kind of stuff. So I'd say about 500 hours in total worth of work went into this one. But do you think that will reduce as you as you create more, like getting used to the program and just, you know, writing scripts, etc.? Do you think that time, that 500 hours, that's going to be shortened maybe to like 200 hours or for like future, you know, volumes of the, of the novel? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the plan is to... Um, 
reuse a lot of the assets that are obviously been created for this one for future vision models because now I've got backgrounds, mm. which is great. Uh, I was starting from absolute scratch basically with this VM, so I've got backgrounds I can use. I've got character sprites that have already been designed, um, so a, a lot of the basis is already there. Obviously, I'll need to get new stuff done depending on the theme of the future visual novels and stuff. But mm. there, there's a lot there that I can already work with. I've already got a you know a big library of uh, voice samples of Didi. Um, that I can reuse as well. So I would say that a good part of the, the creative side of things is already there. Um, and I can actually start playing around with that kind of stuff without having to wait for the art to come in and things. So I do expect that future ones will be easier on my time. Um, and the amount that I'll need to get actually added will be relatively, um, relatively shorter timeframes. So yeah. That's um that's a good thing. <laughs> it's always hardest when you get started. Like just getting things off the ground is is always the the, the most difficult part. I mean, do you think it'll be difficult to also maintain? Because I mean, this story that we saw for the first um, volume of the visual novel was very intense. Are we going to see a direct sequel, or is the next one going to focus on a different topic? Because you did mention that each volume is going to have a different DD. You see what I mean? So, I mean, how is that going to work? Because I, I kind of felt a bit on edge with the previous one. Like, it, it kind of ended on a cliffhanger. I really wanted to know what's going to happen next. Are we going to see a continuation from the current story, or the next one is going to be a completely different story? If you can say that. Mm. <laughs> I'm very flexible. I can I can pretty much do anything I want. I mean, it is, it is my project. If people do want to see a sequel, I can always do one. The plan is not to do a sequel at this stage, do a direct sequel to this one. Because, as I mentioned, the, the overall goal is to have each visual novel take on a topic and then kind of explore that topic in um, through through a kind of creative way. So the first visual novel is based on the, the erotic thriller, um, which is a cinema genre which I uh, find very interesting and had to had to get that one off my chest first. But I'm certainly not locked into future visual novels also following the kind of the erotic cinema, the erotic thriller, sorry, uh, line. So... The next one I have planned, oh, there's a couple I've got going in my mind. Uh, I do want to do something based on kind of Japanese horror themes. I do want to do something that's a little bit more surrealist in tone. Uh, I want to explore Shakespeare as well. I'm a big fan of Shakespeare and feel like that's that's there too. Because, I mean, a big part of the, these visual novels is to, to be, I guess, informative in a way as well. Because I wanted to tie them back to what Digitally Downloaded does. And Digitally Downloaded being a website that kind of focuses on providing information and informing people. Um, I, I always felt that these visual novels would be a good way of kind of exploring some of the stuff I talk about on the website in a creative way. Mm. So there's so many things that I've got planned. I've actually got a, a list of 12 uh, different themes that I want to address via visual novels, which, you know, at two two a month, uh, sorry, one every two months, uh, I'd be looking at least two years worth of um, the ends there, and that's before even taking into account what people might ask me for in the future. Like see. Let's say, you know, you, you do maybe two years worth of visual novels. You ever see yourself making like an omnibus or like a compilation just in one v VN? It all just depends on how this idea takes off. When I say mm. I've got 12 visual novels, I mean, if, I mean, the, the reality is that they do cost money to make and uh, they're very time intensive. So if there's no return there for me, um, obviously I'm not going to be able to sustain this over the long term. Working on the assumption that I can make this work as kind of a, a thing, then yes, there, there's certainly so many different areas I can go. Um, I feel like 
when it came time to do a, a Steam release, for example, because at the moment they're only available on Itch, and that's really kind of all I can afford because Itch doesn't cost anything to upload games to. You know, at some point I, I possibly want to do a Steam release, and for that I feel like kind of short visual novels of two to three hours is not what a Steam audience would be receptive to. So pulling together a few of them um, and releasing them as a package would be one way around that. And then there's, uh, there's other ideas as well that I'd like to play with. If this does become something commercially viable, I'd like to explore some different types of games as well and you know work with a game developer so I don't have to do the coding but come up with some you know different different ideas to explore using these characters when playing the game itself I actually played it on the Mac but I mean I see the game working well and forgive me for saying this because I never think this is going to happen because of you know the nudity and some erotic themes etc but I see this kind of doing well on the switch <laughs> I, I would love to do that because I do uh, visual novels are better on handhelds that's yeah. just a, a basic you know, reality people, you know, the visual novel being a visual novel is mm. close to a reading experience and the Switch being a handheld console, you can actually have that kind of, you know, it's like you've got a book in your hands kind of experience. Yeah. So definitely I'd love to do that. <laughs> With regards to the nudity, I would suspect that Nintendo would be like no to that one particular scene in which there is, you know, overt nudity. I have got a censored version of that image that I got made up, so... I could always insert that if I needed to. You could, to. yeah, you could. The elevator scene would be interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting to see whether Nintendo was like, no, we don't want to go with that <laughs> on you our can, storefront. I, I mean, you can try. There's a lot of interesting games on, you know, the Switch. Like, you got, like, Aerogate. There's quite a lot of Aerogate on the Switch, but they're, like, obviously this censored Steam version, you know, like, Nekopara, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's possible. And the fact that Honey Pop 2 is probably coming to the Switch as well, like, you know, stuff like this. I, I don't see Nintendo sort of, like, shying away. It's not like Sony, at least the way that I see it. Maybe you need to, like, edit it a little bit, but I don't see them cracking down on that kind of content. And, and there will be future visual novels which um, don't push boundaries quite as far as this one because this was based on the erotic thriller. It was certain elements I needed to include in this that I wouldn't necessarily feel the need to um, with other topics. I do like my fan service, and I'm pretty sure every vision novel has some kind of element of fan service. Mm. But far, going quite that far, I don't think so. Uh, as for consoles, I mean, there is a there's a lot of programming and stuff um, that you need to deal with as well with making console ports of these kinds of things, and I would need to engage with a developer. So again, yeah. it's just whether there's the kind of commercial viability there for it. I'd love it because I love my Switch and. I love playing games on consoles wherever possible. Uh, it, it's just about it's a it's about growing it to the point where I can kind of afford to do that. Really, fair enough. I, I think one thing that's really interesting about this visual novel because in essence i kind of saw it as an error game right like an erotic game only because of that couple of scenes but is it what would you class it as would you class it as at least this volume would you class it as an error game would you class it as a vn what is it yeah um i, I haven't really thought about it to be honest i mean when you mentioned on uh twitter the, the other day that uh, you saw it as an error game, i was like oh, okay that's that's hmm. that's interesting um uh I can see that. Um, I can see where you're coming from with that. I, I don't know, to be honest. To me, eroge means that the the sex content is kind of front and center to to the game experience and the kind of everything's built around that. Whereas with this one, I kind of hope that people would see that as part of the storytelling process, but not the focus, if that makes sense. So it's more like a, one of those kind of irating films yeah. that you that still get played in the cinema they have the sex content and all that kind of stuff but 
they're not kind of you know pornographic in tone Fair. Um, I certainly wanted to make sure that this stuff was kind of contextual mm. and uh, made sense within the narrative there was this one scene I, I don't want to spoil it but I'm gonna spoil it spoilers if anyone's listening but there's this one scene within the game and I kind of it kind of made me rem- think about the Joker I don't know if you've seen the Joker film the one that's recently released I actually haven't yet <laughs> it's been something that's been on my list but I've been in Japan and stuff so I haven't really been able to, to find the time for it just yet the, okay I'm not going to spoil the film, but I mean, there are moments within the film where there are events that are happening, but then it kind of flips and you, you don't know what's real anymore. And there was this one scene within the uh, game that was after the, the elevator scene. It was that elevator scene and then it flipped and I was just like, what is real life anymore? Like, what is happening? Is this is this like, it's kind of like in between dream and reality and it's just like what is this it's all up in the air and i'm like did this really happen and then obviously it kind of flips and it's like oh no okay it's just in his head but i mean it was mamma mia that was a spicy meatball i'm not gonna lie to you it was really <laughs> i i don't know like i'm never i played a lot of eroge and stuff so i mean i'm used to it but i wasn't necessarily used to it that time it just it just got me like i was just like what is this it was great, don't get me wrong, but I mean, it was just very zero to 100, very quickly. And you know, for me, I didn't know how to react. I was su- pleasantly surprised, but I mean, <laughs> it was it was too much for me to handle. Just because Didi as a character to me seems very like cute and like very sort of innocent. And then you flipped on that switch and I was like, okay, this is, this is where we're going now. So how do you kind of yeah. imagine Didi as a character because obviously you've written this so I obviously my expectations of the character isn't what you basically written so where what do you think Didi should be like what what is what is Didi who is Didi yeah okay um long long question (laughs) long long answer um that was a that was a really difficult scene to actually write because I'm actually very protective of Didi I've had her as the mascot for DDNet for five years now or so so yeah she's got a very specific she the, the, there's a very specific type um that's in, in my head um when i think of Dee, Dee and that scene is is not her but that's kind of the point because oh, how can we do this without doing spoilers the, there's a flip in there which makes it quite you know clear clear that that's not who Dee, Dee is that's mm. just an idea that uh, that that the character has the, the the main character the protagonist you that scene came from the the cinema genre one of the things about the the erotic thriller um, which is a, a cinema genre of the 80s and 90s so a lot of people who play this probably haven't seen too many of those kinds of films that genre is quite misogynist in tone and quite male dominated and it's usually about the man kind of taking <laughs> taking what he wants basically uh, I, I guess the mo- most modern example is probably uh, the 50 shades series of books and films and whatever so it's all that kind of very hyper masculine kind of um, dominance at play and i wanted to really kind of flip that around entirely and kind of be quite subversive to it so that the game didn't take on that kind of really uncomfortably seedy tone that you get when you watch one of those erotic thrillers today um, because you know cultures moved on and those kinds of films aren't really appropriate anymore so when i was writing this scene i wanted to i still wanted it to be a homage to the genre but i wanted to do it in a way that is kind of um, modern yeah i came up with the the approach that i did uh it did mean that i needed to 
use Dee Dee in a way that isn't quite how I see her, or certainly not the character that you'll see in future VNs as well. Because like you identified, she is she's cute, she's sweet, she's she's flirty, but she's not that kind of raunchy character. It's like certain characters, like in gaming and anime, they're just too nice, and you're like, don't loot this, please no just no but i mean it was done in a very interesting way and i i kind of get where you're coming from. it was just a shock that that was just it it was just a shock i don't know what else to say about that but it was um used well there was another thing that i really wanted to talk about uh, in addition to that was the endings because this game has four endings right and you made a joke saying all the endings are bad because you're a horrible person <laughs> And it's true, all the endings are bad. Like, what is up with that? There's no true, like for me, I'm expecting a shit ending, a good ending, and a true ending. What is the true ending? Which ending is the true one? Okay, so yeah, the, at the very least, three of the endings are, are pretty terrible. Uh, one of the endings is nicer, um, I, I think. Because I mean, everybody ends up yeah, it's happily on, ever on after. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the ending. That ending was just garbage. No offense, <laughs> it, it wasn't what I was looking for. Yeah, so that's the, that's kind of the point, isn't it? Um, the the erotic thriller doesn't have good endings. The, the cinema genre doesn't have good endings. There, there isn't always a, there, there's there's never a time where you're watching one of those films and everybody comes out on top. Uh, and mm. there there is no kind of happy happily ever after. Um, stories with those so that was kind of a necessity again from the genre point of view that i needed to write these these endings and when i decided that i was going to do this i realized that at least some of those endings are going to be pretty hard and heavy and you know if not outright kind of uncomfortable so i wanted to have fun with at least one of them um so the, the first ending you can get if you make the wrong choice early on um is is pretty nonsense and, and silly and doesn't go anywhere so yeah. that's that that's kind of the the silly bad ending um then i do have the um the good ending i guess as such which is kind of a canonical kind of DD character because in that one nothing kind of happens to her <laughs> and you know the, the protagonist realizes what's going on and it's it's all kind of they, they get over it and, and move on and nothing really goes wrong from that point and that's kind of that's kind of the idea that that's the actual character of DD then because then she didn't she's not kind of wrapped up in this kind of erotic thriller story uh the other two endings are both pretty horrible um and that's that's true to the genre uh, yeah most most erotic thrillers end in one of those two ways they were the most interesting endings to me right and i really wanted to see what happens i was like no this can't end like this like i was hooked on that part i think that's what kind of flipped it to me and made me think that this is just the most amazing vn that i've played this year i've played a lot of vns this year like valhalla was great like I'm not comparing it to Valhalla because it's two completely different <laughs> games, but I mean, it's on par for me. I, it, it's just amazing. I think if anyone's listening, it's only eight bucks. Is it eight bucks American or eight bucks Australian? It's eight bucks on itch when I look at the itch. I don't know if that translates. I think that might be American bucks. Okay. Um, it might be. It might be. We'll just say eight dollars American. So eight dollars American, that's nothing, man. You could just, oh, that's like a Starbucks trip. Like, don't go to Starbucks and just <laughs> buy this game. Like, that's just, it's that good. You're going to find that 
you're going to enjoy spending that eight bucks. That's just my opinion. You, you can back me on Patreon, and if you do that for just a dollar a month, then you get access to the vision novels. Um, oh, okay. For no, no additional cost. Because this was always the plan, was to offer these first up as um, as games for, for Patreon backers. That's the kind mm. of thank you note to, to the back, Patreon backers for supporting all the other stuff I do. So, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that um, they got that stuff, you know, super cheap. So because you mentioning your patreon if if you already support matt on patreon still buy the game and give it to a friend there you go economics <laughs> that'd, be lovely. Matt. that'd economics be lovely because yeah, yeah the, the, the more sales that this thing makes obviously the, the better, the better. The next one can be yeah and i can continue to invest in stuff um so the, the next visual novel is going to have more characters um it's not just going to be dd um i've already got designs coming in for for two characters and the goal and is to be eventually they're all going to be voiced everything's uh, oh, okay. i'm committed to keeping the same level of quality throughout i've already recruited one additional voice actor for one of the characters uh i've got to find a voice actor for another one but the goal is to build it up to six characters in the end oh okay um, okay so is, is it like a harem situation <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i'm very much inspired by data live actually Okay. Um, and uh, that's a that's a great vision novel. I want to give a plug for that. If you haven't played that one, you, you absolutely should. Um, Idea Factory released it on PS4 mm. and PC, I think. Uh, earlier in the year, it was like a package of three of the Data Life games. Um, and they're wonderful visual novels. I love them a great deal. And they're kind of harem style with six or seven or eight. Maybe it's even more. Um, there, there's a whole lot of characters in there and they all have their own individual types and stuff. So that's the goal is to build it up to that kind of thing. Um, I've got some really funky stuff coming in um, where you'll be, it, it, there'll be more kind of um, freedom because this vision novel is, it, it's, there's three choices through the course of the VN and that's basically all the interactivity. It's kind of one of those old style VNs. But um, I'm looking at adding kind of um, open maps of, of the area and you can pick which part of the, the map that you want to go to in future VNs. And depending on who's there, you have different interactions and um, the story will be a little bit more fluid in how it plays out. So these, these are things I'm all looking at, but I've got to build to those because of the approach I've taken. This Patreon approach means that I need to release a new game every couple of months. So I'm kind of building up to all of that stuff. But yes, keep an eye out. If you don't want to invest in my Patreon just yet, uh, you can just watch it. And if you watch it, you get all kind of news updates as I release them. Um, I'll be unveiling one of the new characters probably within the next week. So work continues very quickly with me. Yeah, I can imagine. That must be very stressful, to be honest with you. Like I can't, like I mentioned, I can't even handle my own podcast. And here you are dealing with all of this. Like this is, isn't it intense? Like, don't you find sometimes that it's a bit too much? I just enjoy it that much. Um, and I mean, ultimately, like I've said, I need to make this work commercially in order to, to continue to do it because I, you know, I've got you know house rent to pay, I've got food to, to buy and stuff. Um, so. There are those realities, but I just enjoy doing this so much that it doesn't feel stressful to me uh, in the sense that I just want to do them. Um, and I've got so many ideas that I've built up over the years that I've said, oh, I want to do a visual novel on this. I want to kind of address this topic. I love this thing. And I, um, I want to tell a story around it, all of that kind of stuff. Um, mm. It's just it's just a matter of being able to, to make it work. And on the technical side, on the development side, I now have the tool that I have, need to, to be able to do it. So 
um, yeah, it's it's not hard. It's time consuming. Uh, it's tiring, but it, it's not hard. Because you say it's time consuming, it's, it's not difficult. But I mean, sometimes it would be a bit stressful, no? To be honest, not yet. Okay. Uh, with I, I get stressed about things that um, you know when when I've got hard deadlines and things, and I'm not going to be able to hit those deadlines. That's when I get stressed and um, the work I do outside of everything else. Uh, I have deadlines and that's where that's that's where the great sources of stress in my life come from. Um, but with this, because I haven't set specific deadlines and it's more about, you know, it goes out when it's done. It's not like I'm in a naughty dog situation yeah, 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 where I need to I need to go out there and say, oh, by the way, I'm going to have to delay this. Um, and because I'm not a major corporation, I don't have to have it released within the financial year. Otherwise, you know, everybody loses their job. So I don't have those kinds of stresses on me. I have a responsibility, I guess, to, to make the game as good as possible because I am asking for people to pay for it. But that's something that I'm relatively, you know, confident that I have the, the ability to, to write an interesting story. As long as I can do that, as long as I can get the art together. Uh, and I have some great, you know, I, I love the people that I work with on this, these projects. Um, I've got no worries with them because of all of that I, I i just don't feel that kind of intense pressure um mm, to, mm. to make these things within certain parameters the other thing is the games don't really have a fan base yet <laughs> i mean I, I guess now there is one i mean i've got to make sure that the next visual novel impresses you for example um otherwise i'll, I'll feel like i'll let you down uh, if the next one doesn't back up what i've done with this if one. it's not up to par i will tell you this is garbage this is shit Exactly, and I don't want that. I mean, I, I certainly, I certainly would never. It's, it's not so much that I, if I had crit, uh, criticism from come back and say this is a terrible game and stuff, I'd certainly feel bad. But only in the sense that um, it didn't deliver something that somebody was interested. I, I'm quite comfortable with the, the negative feedback, but the goal is always to make sure that people enjoy what I've done. So with this one, there were no, no kind of expectations. Uh, I could just throw it out there and hope for the best and hope that people enjoyed it. So there was a bit of nerves involved but it wasn't it, it wasn't like i felt like i had to, to meet a certain level of standards the next one there will be expectations i guess from people who played this one so that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see if it converts into stress or not fair enough for those who don't know right dd is the mascot for digitally downloaded and i only realized this yesterday the name dd digitally downloaded yes it, it's so smart, man. I, I really, you deserve a pat on the back for that. <laughs> it came from the shorthand for the site because we all refer to the site as DDNet kind of mm. internally within the, the, the DDNet team. So DDNet, um, and then I realized, well, DD sounds almost like a nickname. Um, and then I, I started looking around for something that I could turn into DD as a nickname. And Danica came up as a name that kind of works. So that's her proper name. It's Danica. Um, but yeah, she's just DD. Uh, everyone calls her by her nickname and that's that so <laughs> that's who she is so i mean where did the whole because i know you've had her as a mascot for a long time right even on your podcast i've noticed like even every episode kind of, well not maybe not every episode but majority of episodes have new artwork you know her wearing a kimono or her you know gardening or do you see what i mean so where did the initial design come from like what was your mindset for like designing Didi and who designed it as well? Actually, it was a, a really talented artist whose name I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> I've lost contact with him, unfortunately. But the original Didi came from uh, an artist that I found on DeviantArt. Um, there's an awful lot of really talented anime artists over there. And there's a, you, you can easily commission some people to, to do up art for you. Uh, in terms of where the idea for Didi came from, it was actually... <laughs> Hatsune Miku, funnily enough. Um, huge fan of Hatsune Miku. 
um, but not just the character. I'm also a really fan, big fan of how the company used her to, to really sell their software. So Hatsune Miku, for people who don't know, is a, a vocaloid. Uh, she's a musical instrument, um, which is basically just a, a digital bit of software that you type lyrics into the software and she'll sing them and you can manipulate the notes and all that so she can basically sing anything that you want. Um, but the software is really dull, like it's a really dull bit of software because it's just, you know, it's professional music equipment, so um, it, it's it's functional without being particularly interesting. So I, uh, the company obviously wanted to, to sell this stuff and to really sell, I guess, the broader community on the value of it. So they created this character as the mascot and um, Hatsune Miku's kind of gone gangbusters from there. She does concerts and all kinds of stuff now uh, and people are really big fans of her um, as a kind of a digital celebrity. So I wanted to do my small part to, to emulate that. Um, I realized that because digitallydownloaded.net um, covers a lot of anime, and video games and Japanese games, and, yeah. you know, Japanese culture. Uh, it, it actually made sense to have a mascot as well because everything in Japan has mascots. I mean, you get off the plane in Tokyo and um, the customs, you go through customs and I don't know what it's like in the UK, but in Australia, you go through customs and you've got these, uh, you know, all, all the customs guards are these people who are basically not good enough to be cops and they they march around like they're kind of God's gift. And From what I know about the Australian customs, they're very rude. Like, you, you can't bring in, well, why can't you bring fruits into Australia? What's wrong with that? Like, what's wrong with fruits? <laughs> why, don't, why don't you guys like fruits? Like, what's wrong with that? Oh, they're convinced that if you bring a fruit into the country, the every, every one of our local plants will get diseased or something or other. Um, so, yeah they're, they're very tough and they walk around like they're very tough and you know they they try to intimidate you wherever you go and it's a very intimidating process to yeah. come into australia yeah but over in japan you come in and they're um they've got customs people uh, who are just people but there there's also this huge um dog character that you see when you walk into the, the area yeah and it's because his name is his name is custom Kun, and he's um he's a mascot custom and it's very welcoming you know it's very bright it's very colorful it's very you know hey you're, you're in japan now don't feel don't feel intimidated you know here's a cute dog to look at so mascots are everywhere in japan everything has a mascot every brand has a mascot every city has a mascot every region has a mascot you know digitally downloaded being what it is it focused on japanese stuff kind of needed a mascot so that's where mm. it came from i needed a mm. i needed a mascot and then i was looking around and a lot of the other kind of websites that focus on japanese content that have mascots their mascots are very much the kind of the, the super otaku kind of um, super fan servicey huge boobs yeah, yeah. kind of characters uh, and I didn't want to do that for one thing I, I don't think that Popeye is particularly attractive to be honest oh wow okay that's a hot take I, I no it is a hot take but it is what it is uh, flat, flat is justice and all that but no I came up with it because I wanted it to be more uh, you know um, a, a kind of sweet kind of cute character i mean for me even looking at dd i was just like i don't know no one knows about this yet but i'll say it here um the podcast is going to be 10 years old next year and we were kind of planning on creating an art book and within that art book we were going to show off um our own mascot and i kind of came with the idea when i looked at dd right because i was like you know what that's pretty cool i like that and at the moment we're kind of taking other properties and just using that and abusing that in a little bit. So, I mean, we kind of have to get away from that. So we're in the process of making our own one. 
that's exclusive for you guys listening. Is the tweet still there? Because it has. I think I showed it to you, right? You saw it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Is your is your tweet still there? The tw- is, is I it think still it, up? I think it's it? still up. No, I think it's still up. I mean, I'm <laughs> gonna keep it there because I was sleep deprived, so I'm not gonna delete any tweets. Like hashtag Bish after dark. Like I don't delete any of that stuff. <laughs> I love her. She's so cute. I mean, the way I des- I didn't even design that one. So there's this thing online that basically it's an AI that draws a waifu for you. Like you just select ah, what you want and it I designs. See. So it's an AI that designs it. So that one, her name is P, P-E-A, not P-E-E. Just so you guys know. Because um, <laughs> it kind of stems from a mail bot that I used to have to organize my emails. So it, P stands for Podcast Electronic Assistant. So that's, she just used to sort my emails. It was just a bot that would answer emails and just be a minute. But we stopped using her. I mean, so now we're trying to bring her back. I'm just excited because it's like even DD and then P and things like that. Like it kind of reminds me of Ai-chan. I don't know if you you know of Ai. Uh, yes. Yeah, the, yeah, the virtual, virtual yep. YouTuber. It reminds yep. me of her. And I, I like that. I really do. I, I think that's pretty cute and it's really nice. And even to see her have a personality like in, in the game, it's it's very interesting. The voice. Let's talk about the voice. Because I originally assumed that she would be Australian because obviously you're <laughs> Australian. And even the people on your podcast are Australian. So it's like, oh, you know, you're, it's kind of connected to the company. I assumed it would be more of an Australian thing. Why didn't you go for Australian voice? Why did you go for an American accent? Yeah, um, that, that's a good one. Um, the thing is, if people hear an Australian accent, they hear Australian. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, it, it's not that common of an accent. Uh, and it's quite distinctive when it's heard whereas the american accent is kind of ubiquitous to the point where she has an american accent but you're not going to immediately assume that the game is based in america um because it's not she's not um i I didn't actually give the it's not based anywhere in the real world anyway but i haven't actually you know um made it clear where they all these characters live and, and whatever but it's certainly not America, um, but the American accent is one that you hear is quite neutral, and that's because you know Hollywood films and uh, so much TV that we watch, and so many kind of localized games uh, from Japan all have American accented characters. So it, it's kind of a default, and I wanted this to fit in with the default so that people weren't thinking of the accent as they were listening to it; they're just listening to the word. So why did you go with such a neutral? American accent. I mean, you could have picked any American. She could have been a Texan. She could have been like a Valley girl. She could have been like, I don't know. She could have been like a anything. Why that sort of... It's a cute accent. Don't get me wrong. I just like, it wasn't what I was expecting, man. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I, like you said, um, I could have had a Deep South girl or, a, you know, yeah. a New York and whatever. Um, she could have been I, a Southern Belle. She could have been, um, but she's not. <laughs> um, I, I didn't want people to think about, you know, regional parts of America either. I didn't want them to hear Dee Dee and say, hey, you know, she's um, she's Texan. I, I just wanted people to, to hear her. Uh, and honestly, looking forward, uh, it was also partly looking forward because I always wanted to do additional characters. And those additional characters, it, it becomes very difficult to, to find enough voice talent if you go with a specific uh, accent. So if you, you know, if, if I was to make DD Texan, then all of the other characters would also need to be, otherwise I would need to explain in every visual novel why this, this other character sounds different. And I, I didn't want to deal with that. Basically, um, I, I was really inspired by the voice of uh, Risei from Persona 4. 
um, oh, okay. the American voice of Rise, uh, yeah, Laura, Laura, Bailey's, Laura Bailey's performance of Rise, which is a very kind of flat, neutral, kind of um, teen girl uh, American accent. And I really just wanted that kind of sound on the ears. Now, come to think of it, it does kind of give me Rise vibes. I mean... I don't personally enjoy Rise Kujikawa. Like, she's like the worst Persona character. That's blasphemy. That is blasphemy. I mean, sorry, I'm going now. It's up to you. You can leave. I mean, I'm going to cut that all out and I'm just going to have that repeating for the the whole hour. Just, I fucking hate Rise. Like, Rise Kujikawa is the worst Persona character, right? She doesn't even deserve a Persona. Like, that's how I see it. She doesn't deserve a Persona. Oh, where are we going? this, this This is controversial. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to pull out my essay. <laughs> I've got an essay. I've you, got an you essay have an on essay? why Risa is the best character. Yep, why Risa no, is the best she, character. Okay. Best, okay, best best girl in Persona 4. Are you saying it's Risa? Oh, the, You're wrong. The best girl... You're going to say Chie. You're going to say Chie. Yes, it is Chie. <laughs> Chie and Aaron See? Fitzgerald that plays Chie. Ultimate best girls, okay? Chie... Could Chie, Chie, Chie can get in the trash. She's horrible. Whoa, 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 whoa. She's terrible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's whoa. the worst. Well, you know we had no um, Chie. the voice of, of Chie on the podcast, right? Oh, dear. Whoops. So <laughs> I'm in trouble now. We've had Aaron um, like three times on this podcast. <laughs> so, Aaron, if you're listening, don't listen to what Matt is saying. Chie Satanaka is like the best Persona character. Even better than I mean, the Persona it, 5 characters. That's just my opinion. I mean, Aaron, Aaron had you know difficult material to work with. I, I don't blame Aaron. Difficult that's, material? No, no. Yeah, she's a terrible character. She's, she's the worst. No, she's the, only the thing, best the only one character. That's worse, the only one that's even worse is Futaba. Persona 5. She's just. Whoa! Like, uh, uh, she's she's uh, a walking pain. She is. What What are you doing to no me, fan. Matt? I mean, okay, come on. Okay, you should no. you should be able to guess exactly which Persona 5 character. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna be like, oh, my favorite character is. Uh, I forgot even her name. She's so irrelevant. The um, <laughs> Anne An, or Anne or whatever her name is. Yeah, is that, Anne. Is that, of course. She's the best. You know, no, she isn't. She's shit. Okay, my, my Persona 5 experience was I actually no. basically tapped that game out within the first 10 hours. It's like a 100-hour game. But because I'd maxed out my relationship with Anne within the first 10 hours, I was like, oh, there's nothing else to do here. Can't possibly get better. No. I was bored for no, the no, rest no, of no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> I, just, the best... I, just, I just beelined. I just beelined straight to Anne and just no, every, every, no, no. You're every trash. relationship. No. This, is, this is how I know that you're trash. So... The best character in Persona, the best even social link in Persona 5 is the one that you get with the Doctor, right? I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah, so... I can respect the Doctor, I can respect the Doctor, she's pretty cool. The, the Doctor she's and the reporter cool. and anyone other than Ahn, because Ahn is No, shit. no, no, my, the order is Ahn, and then the Shogi girl, and then the Doctor. Those you know, I'm favorite. surprised that the Shogi girl didn't even get... She was supposed to be in the game as a party member, but they just took her out. Oh, was she really? She was. Oh, now I'm really annoyed. I'm even more annoyed by this game now. I, but, I'm not a big fan of Persona 5, I must say, but yeah, now I'm really annoyed. She was great. She yeah, was she was great. Character. Hifumi, oh man, best girl. But, I mean, on shit. Uh, she's just trash. I mean, you, you're saying you don't like Futaba. Futaba's like a great character, and I really relate to her. But anyway, that's besides the point. We're here to talk about your game, not Persona. Have you ever thought about just branching off completely? Because from the way that I understand it, this this game is kind of linked to what you guys do on, on Digitally Downloaded, right? So have you ever thought about branching completely out? Like not even creating something that has DD in it, maybe a completely new character and a new concept. Have you ever thought about doing that? I know it's early days to say that, but... 
Have you ever had that in your mind? Just purely for the website's branding, I need to have Didi in everything because Didi's the she is the website's uh, kind of soul, uh, and I, I don't want to waste opportunities to use her. I think she's she's. I mean, I, I think she's a great character. I like. Uh, I, I really like her, uh, and I, I want to keep using her. The other characters, well, they're, they're, one of the other characters that is in development is kind of already there. I just haven't used her that much, and that's Dee's kind of sister. Okay, so she has a sister. She was mentioned. She has a she has a sister. Um, I actually have the design for that sister already. I just haven't really rolled it out publicly to okay. any great extent yet. Um, but she'll show up in future games. Um, her name is <laughs> her name is Nettie. Um, so after digidownloaded.net. That's so very, Nettie. very original. I like that. <laughs> um, the other characters that I have in mind, they're all going to be original characters. They're, they're not going to be related to the website so, in any so real we're, way. So we're not going to see Didi's mum? No, why would I do that? Um, <laughs> to be not, honest, I, I, I well, again, it's, I guess, budget to, to get a, a sprite of Didi's mum up. Forget, forget know, it. Takes... No, look, just forget about these other original characters and you... And for, even forget about Didi's sister. You just need Didi's mum. Mums. No, no, no. Mums and anime and mums and VNs are like top tier. <laughs> so I mean, you could do that. The first non kind of um, harem girl character that I'm going to do if I do a character is Mr. Longman. I'm going to. I'm looking at doing a sprite up for him because he's cool. I'm a big fan of Mr. Longman, the the teacher from the visual novel. He's a um, dick, man. He's a dick. Yeah, I just yeah. Want to point that out. He is. He is, and this is great. This is why he's so great. I, I actually, I'm having more fun writing him than anything else, to be honest. I, maybe he needs his own adventure. So, but, um, <laughs> he needs his own visual novel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, probably won't be so fanservice but he's he's great. Like, I, I referenced throughout the visual novel. You know, I'm a big fan of House. Um, it's a show that I kind of watch on repeat. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to do House, but as a teacher um, and, you know, torturing students rather than his uh, subordinates. So that's, yeah, he'll he'll be the first non-kind of girl character um, that, mm. that I get done. But other than that, you know, I, I'm always open to ideas, but I really do want to get these kind of six characters down and cemented first. Um, and that'll take the better part of next year anyway, and the, the rate I want to introduce them. So after the next one, I introduce two, and then kind of introduce one for per visual, per visual novel, you know, um, throughout the year after that. So once I've got those six characters, um, what I can do kind of really opens up because I can do small games featuring one of them. I can do games that have nothing to do with vision novels. Featuring a lot of them, I can have a lot of fun with the way that they play off one another because one of the things I did find with, with this visual novel that I wrote, it's actually very difficult to, to create an entire story uh, when you've got two characters to kind of work with, two, two kind of proper characters, main characters to work with. I feel like having more characters gives me more interactions, which gives me more opportunities for character characterization. I can you know, play, play them off one another mm. in a way that kind of enhances both of their characters. I can create more situations, a wider range of situations. I can... Humor becomes much easier because humor is very difficult when it's just one-to-one, -one, um, I've found. So really, there's there's a practical reason to, to wanting to build up this harem, and that is to to really be able to, to build on the characters of each of them as well, including Didi, of course. You know, one thing that I did want to mention, and I know it's, it's, it's a small gripe, right? And it's to do with the music. A lot of the music is great. I like the, the music that's playing during the class. It's lovely. I like the more tense music, that kind of sort of smoother i don't know if it's jazz or not i can't even remember but one um track 
pissed me off. And it was that sort of porno music. What is that about? What was that cheesy <laughs> 90s a... pizza delivery guy porno music? What is that about? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Was that, inten- I, was I that intended that to be like that? Or? Yeah, it was absolutely, absolutely intended. That okay. was absolutely my my nod to kind of bad 80s okay. you know, um, sure. thrill, uh, you know, erotic thrillers as well. They use that kind of music. A lot of the time, I thought you were doing it unironically, uh, and it, that, that that would have annoyed me. But the fact that you have a reason it, behind it, that's perfectly fine. It's funny, right? It's it's just those scenes are pretty tense anyway, um, and yeah, it's it, it, it is annoying. But that's kind of the why it's amusing. I like to annoy people. That's kind of my my thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I could tell. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to sound okay. Let's say. It's not me. Let's say it's someone else. This hypothetical person that's like, Hey man, I really love this visual novel. I really want to beat my meat. And then next thing you know, this music is complaining. You're like, oh shit, you know. I'm not saying people do that, but I would I would imagine people are just like, could be doing that because of the tone. Well, of it. I mean, to, to be a little bit more serious, I guess, I wanted to make sure that those scenes didn't come across as too... Pornographic. Yeah, too sexy. Okay. Fair enough. I know this sounds really bad, but... The fact that it exists, people are going to lewd it. Like, people are going to lewd. Oh, for sure. So, how do for you sure. feel as the creator of Didi? The fact that people may have... And this is a serious question. I'm not even joking here. How do you feel as that creator to have people potentially... Assuming it gets bigger, right? That people may potentially use the character in ways that you didn't want her to be used. How would that make you feel? I mean, I've, I've already seen <laughs> Didi Rule 34, so... Um, yeah, she's been around long enough that, um, there, there are people that are kind of, I guess, fans of the site, um, that have, have done that. To be honest, I have to be fine with that because that's, that's interaction with the character, right? That's, um, they've got, they, they like the character and that's what they want to do. And that's, that's fine. I I mean, it's kind of, to to go back to what I said earlier, it's kind of like Hatsune Miku. Uh, People, I mean, the creators of Hatsune Miku, Hatsune Miku see her as a very kind of sweet, sweet character and they don't use her in that way. But, you know, you, you just need to go over Google and type Hatsune Miku. Rule 34 to know that there's an awful lot of fan out, out there <laughs> down that line with her. That's interaction with the character, and that's that's a good thing on a very um, kind of uh, objective level. I'm, I'm happy for people to use DD in that way if that's the way they want to use her. It's not how I see her, um, and it's certainly not what I plan on doing with her. What you see in that visual novel... Um, the one that's out there now, that's that's as far as I'll probably ever go with this character. Um, it's never going to get more extreme than that. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I don't necessarily want to see their fan art either, so if you want to draw that kind of stuff, then power to you, but please don't share it with me. If they like the character that much, that they want to spend the time to, to go and draw her, um, mm. under any circumstances, then I'm happy. It means that the character's good. It means that they, she, you know, she resonates, so that's, that's ultimately what you want. I've never heard, I, I tend to ask this to a lot of guests and stuff, and a lot of people are like, no, don't lose my characters, and it's like, I've never heard this answer before, so it's it's quite enlightening to hear that, um, it's quite mature as well, so I, I kind of did not expect that, but it's nice to hear, it's nice to hear. I don't know if you've, you've seen it, and I, I don't know the specifics of the story, but there was um, a YouTuber that got basically, you know, copyright struck to, to Helen back recently, um, because she looted some person's character um for her for her intro i think to her videos so there was no way she could get them out of all the videos and 
she's um you know she I saw videos of her talking to her community and she was very distressed by all this and stuff and I would hate for that to happen um I, I would hate for somebody to, to use my character and um for me to then turn around and do something that kind of um distress them that that doesn't make sense to me. On, I mean, as long as people don't go out and start making commercial products using my character, I, I don't mind uh, how they use it. One other thing that I want to mention, kind of before we wrap it up, what made you want to start this project? What was the driving force behind it? Like, what did you just wake up one day and was like, I want to do this, let's do that? Or like, what was the inspiration behind this whole project? Yeah, it's a couple of things came together. Um, I liked making games since I was a kid. Uh, I've never had any coding capabilities whatsoever, so that's limited my ability to actually make these. But I, years and years and years and years ago, before they even officially released them in English, I was downloading <laughs> pirated copies of um, RPG Maker, the early RPG Maker, so I okay. could make make games. There was no way to get these things legally at the time, and since I've, I've actually gone out and kind of bought them all on Steam anyway, so please don't. Please don't sue me for things I did as a you know, 14, 15 year old. But yeah, I, I downloaded this thing. I, I taught myself how to play it through the really, or to use it through the really bad tutorials. But because it was drag and drop, I was able to make kind of little RPGs. And I shared them around with my friends and stuff. And, you know, we had good, good fun with that. Um, then I kind of got into, you know, RPGs, Japanese RPGs in a big way, started up a website in part or significantly in part because I wanted to cover Japanese games, discovered visual novels a little bit later on because as you're probably aware, visual novels weren't really a thing until relatively recently in the West. They've really only kind of come up in the last, you know, five or six years. So I discovered how much I love visual novels. I looked into ways to make visual novels early on, um, Renpy and Unity and um, all those other stuff, but they all required skills beyond what I have uh, and have the time to learn because uh, I'm a busy person. So I, I don't, just don't have the time to learn how to use a, a system like that. So when Visual Novel Maker came out, I was like this is this is a this is a good opportunity because it is so easy to use and from that point um i i played around i, I mean I, I sat on it for quite a while because i wasn't quite sure how i could justify spending the time to do it but then i realized that i have this patreon and i don't lock any content behind the patreon because i don't believe that's how digitally downloaded should work and i think it should be paywalled but i had the patreon and i was asking people to give me some money and i needed to give something back to them uh, in return for supporting me that's where I realized I could do this visual novel where I could release it at a, a price, um, which is, you know, eight bucks per month. Oh, sorry, eight bucks per the download. But then I could give it to my patrons for nothing beyond what they're already giving me. So they can support me for a dollar a month or whatever, and they'll get the visual novels. And this is my way of giving them something uh, in return for supporting me. So that's where that came. And then I realized that this is, this should be kind of a pillar of what, we do, you know, we do the website, we do videos, we do podcasts, and we do visual novels. That being said, thank you very much, Matt, for coming on. I mean, this is the first time uh, we had you on the podcast. We were supposed to have you on for a different episode, so my apologies that we didn't really get onto that. But it's great that at least your your debut episode on the podcast is about your game. And I mean, if anyone listening is like, oh, this seems like a really cool idea, please just buy it. Just fucking buy the game. It's not difficult. It's eight bucks. Go and buy it, guys. 
this and go and buy every volume after that and why not you know join the patreon well i really appreciate being able to come on and and talk about my stuff um so much thank you for for that um b i'd love to come on at another point and um talk about stuff that's not to do with what i'm doing so Mm. you know if there's there's ever a chance to to jump on and if you ever feel like i can contribute to your podcast um i'm always available is there anything else that you want to plug that i haven't already plugged for you Uh, no, I think you've done a really good yeah. job of plugging everything I've done uh, in my life. So <laughs> thanks very much for that. It's all um, right, no problem. Thank you for recommending people to buy it, the, the game it's and all, all right. that. Um, I, I guess the main thing is I just want people to enjoy it. I enjoyed made, making it uh, and I, I really do hope that people do enjoy it. Um, and once they play it, if they have any ideas, if there's anything that they'd like to see me do, just get in touch because I like hearing what other people would like to see. DD get up to and I'd certainly do my best to accommodate <laughs> accommodate everybody within my content roadmap that I've got. You know what I would like? I know it sounds really weird, but I would like to see a murder mystery, like a game of Cluedo uh, or a game of Clue, but with with your characters. That would be interesting. <laughs> I've got something similar in the roadmap. I do have um, one of my favorite genres is actually noir. So Raymond Chandler, you know, kind of 40s, 50s, Humphrey Bogart kind of crime films. So something like that is certainly on, on the cards uh, and you'll probably see it sooner rather than later it'll have all those kind of mystery elements that you know you're talking about there so yes that's that's definitely something I have in mind just to end this up thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast remember we also do other podcasts so it's not just a gaming podcast we do an anime podcast and yeah go and check that out go and check that out all the links are in the description below as well as links to the game which is available on PC and Mac for eight dollars it's awesome anyway so thank you very much um matt for coming on i like no, I'll thank just you say, it's all right anytime dude if you guys want to see matt come on again because we were originally going to plan to do an episode about uh dynasty warriors or i don't know how you pronounce it because you're australian do you pronounce it dynasty or dynasty dynasty yeah, okay so it's it's weird because in the uk we pronounce it dynasty and even koei europe pronounces as dynasty but i say dynasty because all of the promotional material were from the US when the game released originally in the UK. I just learned it the wrong way, I guess. But it's called Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> so, you know, we were planning to do an episode about Dynasty Warriors, our thoughts on it. So if you guys want to see that, please tell me. And then we'll do that. Because apparently, I spoke to... I'm not sure if you know Nathan from Koei Tecmo. We have to mention him. Yeah, I know him well. He's a good guy. So he came up to me in, in MCM Expo and he was like, well, Bish, you're the Santa Claus of, of Koei games. So people ask you and then we end up making the games. And I don't know if he was joking or if he was being serious. So I feel like I have this this power. So anyone that wants Koei games, tell me and I'll try my best to, to wish it into existence. Like we predicted <laughs> two games because Nathan asked us, um, what games do you want to see in the future? And that was like two years ago. And I was like, yeah, I would like to see a Persona Muso game or like an action RPG, which Koei are doing. And then my twin sister was like, yeah, I would like to see a, um, a fairy tale RPG. And I was like, both of them were just announced. And I was like, what the fuck? Are we like psychics? Are we like, <laughs> th- does Koei listen to us directly? Maybe they do. Um, but that's besides the point. You have to tell them to get some Project Zero action happy. It's been too long since I lasted one of those. You know what? No, I'm not into that. That's not. That's really. Yeah, well, I'm not into that. And Ooh. Matt, to be honest with you, you're not on my. You're not on my good list. You're on my naughty list. So I mean, I'm not going to put that on there. All you're going to get is a lump <laughs> of coal, mate. That's all you're going to get. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sad. 
It's, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, if you can wish for another game that's more interesting, I can maybe see what I can do about hassling Koei for it. Like if you were to say <laughs> Dynasty Warriors 10 or like Kesen 4, I'll be like, yes, let's do that. But you know, you're not, you're not suggesting interesting games to me. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, we could always have a Samurai, samurai Warriors using the same open world kind of thing. Oh, no. Oh, I really don't want. I, I really don't want to get into this. You were going to have me on the podcast so I could defend Dynasty Warriors Nine. Well, I'm going to at some stage. You are. You know, I originally wanted to have Jim Sterling on it because I know <laughs> I wanted to have you versus Jim because it's like two sides of of like this fucked up coin like jim sterling hates the game and i'm kind of on jim's side oh there's some good things about the game but there's some things that i really didn't like about it and i really wanted to talk that with you but i had to cancel because like he's such a busy guy and also i didn't want there to be a fight on air because he, he he's a great guy but he just berates people so i didn't want i didn't <laughs> I'm want a big fan of jim i, I love I would love to get into a debate with Jim. Yeah. That would be that would be good fun. I'm, gonna, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's great. I'll try my I best think, to uh, facilitate it, I guess. <laughs> I think it would I know, be awesome. I know his... I know his feelings on the game, and I mean, I don't want to be in that conversation, especially if he's getting heated. I'll leave it to the professionals at that point. I just want to be the guy that's there. Like, you know the, the YouTuber boxing? Maybe we can arrange that, you and Because I know Jim likes to wrestle, so maybe you want to get in the ring with Jim Sterling about Dynasty Warriors 9, you probably get beaten the shit out of because like, he, he does like American wrestling. So, I mean... <laughs> I mean well, he probably would be he, in, the, he, he, in the ring. Yeah, I think he would. I, I'd be able to drop <laughs> some truth Sterling. bombs on, on him about <laughs> Dynasty Warriors 9. I'll, I'll get my... I'll get my... I'll turn him around. You watch. Well, I don't think you would. Uh, that being said, <laughs> uh, I'll see you guys later. Bye.